When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Let's ride. Time for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is going on, Dodgers fans? Thank you for listening to another episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. We are presented by the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Hope you guys had a great week. We are recording on a Friday afternoon. The winter meetings are in the books and a lot of teams made a lot of moves except the Dodgers. So we'll dive into what the Dodgers have and have not done. I'd like to get the show started off by talking about the shortstop market because that's where a plethora of moves happened. Most notably, Former Dodger, Trey Turner, a dream came true for him. He's going back to the East Coast, signed a massive 11-year, $300 million contract with the Philadelphia Phillies. All season long, a lot of our listeners asked us, where's Trey going to go? Is he a must-resign? Will he be a Dodger? Uh, Different opinions on the show. I always felt like he was going to go back to the East Coast. It just felt inevitable. And after what the Padres offered him, a $342 million contract, and he turned that down to go to the Phillies, writing was on the walls right there. So Trey Turner's gone. That leaves a hole in the Dodgers infield at the shortstop position. Xander Bogarts, another potential target, got a consolation prize for the Padres because now he'll be in the NOS, signed a massive 11-year, $280 million contract to join San Diego. So I don't really have many opinions on that right now, but the Padres lineup's pretty stacked. Carlos Correa, very divided. Some Dodgers fans wanted him. Some Dodgers fans hated the idea. At first, it looked like the Dodgers were heavily in on him. Then out of nowhere, Ken Rosenthal, who's been having kind of a iffy offseason with some of his reports, says that the Dodgers front office won't pursue Carlos Correa because they're scared there will be too much negative fan backlash if they sign it, sign him. I don't buy that one second. I'll go into that in a second. So where that leaves us right now is that the Dodgers have one option really in the market. That's Dansby Swanson. Uh, I'll get your guys' thoughts on that in a second. Would not be opposed to that. And the reason being is Gavin Lux right now appears to be the Dodgers shortstop. And given how valuable the shortstop position is, especially defensively, that's the captain of your infield. Do we really trust Gavin Lux to be that guy? Because so far, historically, he has not looked like a reliable defender. And I'm terrified to death of the thought of Gavin Lux being that the Dodgers' sole shortstop. So if the price is right, I'd pay Dansby Swanson because we need defense. Jake Reiner, how's it going? I just threw a lot at you guys, but what are your thoughts on the Dodgers' offseason in this shortstop market? I know fans are are, are, are frustrated. They're antsy. They're all of these things because they're seeing all of these, all of this money flying around like no one's business. And the Dodgers are not spending any of it, which typically they are the ones that are at the top spending all of the money. So to me, it's kind of a little worrisome just at the outset. But ultimately, my thoughts are that the Dodgers are. They know what they're doing. Andrew Friedman knows what he's doing. It was kind of telegraphed before the winter meetings even started that the Dodgers were going to kind of pull back, try to get under that luxury tax, try and, you know, see what they have with their young guys coming up through the system. It's what we've talked about a lot on this podcast. Um, And I'm excited to see that. It looks like we're going to get a real shot to see what we have. Um, But at the same time, I've been banging the drum about a shortstop. The Dodgers need one. Uh, I'm not. Uh, you know, as much as I love Gavin Lux and I'm a big Gavin Lux fan, I don't want him at shortstop because it just feels like another, you know, Corey Seager or Trey Turner, where sometimes, you know, generally speaking, they'll make the routine play. But when it matters most, 
it just they're just not going to get the job done. I, 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 I haven't felt confident. I didn't feel confident with Seager. I didn't feel confident with Trey. And I and I certainly don't feel confident from what we've seen limited sample size of Gavin Lux in the majors at shortstop. So for me, as you guys know, my top target has always been Carlos Correa. And I don't believe that report that Ken Rosenthal put out. I don't believe that the Dodgers would shy away from getting an impact bat or or a player that they believe can elevate them to the next level and possibly win them a championship because they feel that the fans won't respect it. I think the fans will get on board eventually. Most fans care about winning anyway, and all these people whining on Twitter about how they won't go to the games, they won't watch them, they won't support the team. That's bullshit. And 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 if you are actually following through with that, we don't want you. Don't need you. Don't want you as Dodgers fans. That's plain and simple. But if they can't get Carlos Correa, which is probably not going to be the case, he's probably going to end up in San Francisco. I love the idea of Dansby Swanson purely based on his defense. He's going to be, you know, an electric defender. You know, he's good friends with Freddie Freeman. They've been teammates before. You know, his history with Walker Bueller at Vanderbilt. And he's coming off a pretty good season offensively. So anything that they get from him is a plus from the offensive side. Now, I know what David's going to say. He's going to say that it's going to be too much money for a guy that you can't really count on year in and year out to put up those big numbers like you can with a with a Carlos Correa or even a Xander Bogart. So uh, I, I get that, but they need a shortstop, plain and simple. Carlos Correa is not going to happen. It's not because of this propaganda that they're scared what the Dodgers fans think if anything that's just an excuse to hide the true facts this team is not going to spend big money Scott Boris is out of his mind this offseason winning every single deal if Brandon Nimmo can get eight years imagine the haul that Carlos Correa is going to get the Dodgers are not ready to give 10 to 12 years to a 29 year old shortstop they don't want to pay this guy in his late 30s <clears throat> so Carlos Correa guaranteed if Bogarts can make 280 million Korea's a lot to get over 300 million. Dodgers don't want to pay that. Second of all, I think Dave Roberts is scared to bring in Carlos Correa. I think the Trevor Bauer saga is just PTSD for him at this point. And I still don't think he's over the 2017 World Series. I think this guy, Dave Roberts, likes to have a calm, collected clubhouse almost to the detriment of the Dodgers. And I think not only Correa or not only Roberts, but maybe some of the players as well are scared that Correa might be too much noise. David Rosenthal, uh, let me get you in on this. Yeah, so I mean that was a, that was a lot to address at once. But here's here's what I'm gonna say. Um, these deals that have been dealt out over the winter meetings are all overpays. All of them. Players are getting paid way more than what their expected value was. Uh, the Padres are shelling out way too much. The Mets are shelling out way too much. The Phillies are shelling out way too much. Everybody is getting overpaid right now. And and yes, you can you can make an argument that that's just the market these days, but the Dodgers aren't going to do that. The Dodgers have never done that ever under Andrew Friedman. So if anything, he didn't flinch. Uh, we've talked about it on here before. I, I really, really believe they're going to try to get under that luxury tax. Why? I don't know. They have money up the ass. Uh, but it seems to be an organizational decision to just get under this tax for this year. And I think it's all with a master plan in mind. And I think that master plan uh, is currently residing in Anaheim as we speak right now. I think this team is going to try to get under the luxury tax and make sure. Uh, I think that has to be the master plan here. I, I think it does. And on the shortstop front, I don't think they necessarily need a shortstop. I really don't. Uh, a lot of people are panicking about Gavin Lux's defense. Well, they also have another guy who can play shortstop, and his name's Chris Taylor. So you can you can put Gavin Lux at shortstop. If it doesn't go well defensively, you slide Taylor in there full time. You move Lux to, to second base, and there's a solid infield. Now, is it as flashy as Trey Turner or Carlos Correa or Bogarts or even Dansby Swanson? No, but it's effective. You can get offense elsewhere. Uh, I think they need an outfielder, and I want. I'll talk about who I want in a little bit, but. I think this whole panic over the shortstop position is unwarranted. Uh, I really do. I think you need a shortstop who can play solid defense and who can get on base. I don't think you need a shortstop who's going to hit 30 home runs and drive in 100 runs. I really don't. I don't think it matters what position you get that from. I think it matters is that you have a stable 
solid hitter who can get on base and is not going to cost you the game on defense. And the Dodgers have two of those guys right now. Do they? But, but they do. But but here's the thing. <laughs> With Gavin Lux and Chris Taylor, those are two guys that can cost you a game on defense. They can and and they and you know and they have I've, and they have. I mean, Chris Taylor cost the Dodgers games last year playing defense in the infield. Now, granted, he was at second base, but still. Um and Max Max Muncie cost the Dodgers a game on defense in the infield. Gavin Lux has made some absolutely horrendous throws. I don't know what the deal is with his arm, but it, it just doesn't it, it scares the shit out of me, is what it does. So I get what you're saying. And if they beef up the lineup in other spots, like the outfield or third base or whatever the case is, then 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 fine. But I just think that shortstop is too important of a position. And we saw what happened in the postseason last year with Trey Turner. He cost us a game. One of those games, he did cost us a game at shortstop. So that's what worries me. That's my point, though. I think because of that, everyone's freaking out over the shortstop defense. If you're if you're playing Major League Baseball on defense, the ball is going to find you no matter what position you're at. So it doesn't matter if it's a shortstop, second baseman, first base, outfield. It doesn't matter. You got to be able to play solid defense. I think this whole shortstop discussion is being overblown just because of who is available. I think people want the big name. I'm not saying I would I wouldn't want the big name. I would love to have Carlos Correa on the team. Uh, but it's just not going to happen and it doesn't need to happen. It just doesn't need to happen. It's not an absolute need. Is I think it, I, I think it is shortstop commands the infield. And not only that shortstop is running into the outfield all the time. And I've never seen Gavin Lux prove to be very aggressive. Do we He's need also another- been playing out of his normal position for three years now? They've moved him to second base. They moved him to left field. They've even put him at third for a minute. So I think he deserves a chance to, to go back to his natural position and let and show us what he can do. If he can handle it. He's a, she's been a shortstop his entire life up until he got called up to the Dodgers. So I I just think I I just think there's a reason that the Dodgers haven't said he's our shortstop. We're riding with him. Well, they haven't I think said they've that. done the due diligence Are we forgetting on all of these shortstops. 2021 he played like half the season at shortstop because and he did a pretty out. good job there defensively. He did I, a pretty good job when Seager got hurt. I don't think a couple he did errors, a pretty good sure, job. but he did he absolutely held his own there. 100% debatable it, it was no it's not, not it's not he was not a, he was not a disaster at shortstop when he played half the season there when Seager went down he wasn't I'll say this I believe that 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 shortstop should be a priority I'm not panicking over it I think that it is an essential position and you want someone solid there that that's that's my opinion on that however if they don't end up getting a shortstop which it doesn't look like they are because who the hell knows what they're going to do before opening day. I'm fine with that too. I'll be fine with it either way. I, I don't think that if they don't get a shortstop, they're not going to win a title. I don't think that those two correlate to one another perfectly, but I do believe that they do need someone solid there. And I don't know if I would compare the Trevor Bauer situation to the Carlos Correa situation because Trevor Bauer, before signing with the Dodgers, a questionable human being, like bullied people online, had, you know, questionable things on the field, you know, threw a ball over the center field wall. He was a maniac and that was a gamble. Carlos Correa cheated. He was on a a, a notoriously famous cheating team. We all know that. And he was kind of an asshole afterwards, but not one person. And has ever said that he's a shitty they teammate. Said that about not Bauer, one though? person on your. I don't know if they've said that about Bauer uh, either. But, but look at all the bag. Look at all the look at all the Bauer baggage that came with him beforehand. The, you didn't see any of that from Carlos Correa. There's been nothing like that. I'd argue it's. I'd argue it's similar baggage, just different baggage. No, it's not similar baggage. It's not. I think it is. I, How? I, I really do think it is because he How? brings he brings the whole scandal with him. He brings the the divisiveness that could come with it. He brings the asshole attitude with it. Uh, that's that's baggage. It's not some boring player the Dodgers usually acquire, like Trey Turner or Freddie Freeman or <laughs> or whoever. But it's it's not, and that's not typical. I'm not the- saying it's the same. But I, I'm saying yes, it is a is a it is a gamble in and of itself. But it is not comparable to what we got with Bauer. It just isn't. I, I agree with that, but I think there is baggage that comes with it. 
Oh, 100%. I'm not saying there isn't baggage, but I'm saying that you that to compare the two, I don't think is fair. No one's comparing the two, but the point was... You, you did. Came, no. What happened... Yes, was, you did. No. If you let me finish, when Bauer came to the Dodgers, we didn't know about any of that dirt. We just assumed he was a good teammate, yada, yada, yada. But once Bullshit. Scout, we, did, we did know about... We did we know did about... We did not know his... about any of the reasons he got suspended. There was no... Nothing out there of his actual suspension. We had no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not saying that we knew about his, 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 I'm not saying we knew about his stuff in the bedroom. I'm saying we knew about his shit online and the way he handled himself online. And he, and he was a a bully online. And none of that is actually relevant at the end of the day. What happened was when all this bad stuff did happen, that got him suspense suspended. I'm sure there was a lot of question marks in the dugout. I'm sure there were distractions. What I'm saying is what they're scared about if they bring in Carlos Correa, the same kind of stuff could happen again, but in a different manner. Now it's going to be inmate or inmate like fighting in between the teammates because I don't know, something about this 2017 cheating scandal comes out. And I think I that know. if you think about it, though, there's not that many people left from that 2017 team. There's just not. You got you got Barnes, you got Kershaw. Uh that's that's like pretty yeah, much but, it. Chris yeah, Taylor. but I mean, Muncy still associated with it. Um, Urias to an extent. Bueller is kind of part of that. So the actual 2017 team, yes. But the connection, there's still a lot of those guys there that had that rivalry, quote unquote, during 2020. I think they'd be able to get past it pretty easily. I think so, too. But I'm saying I think that Roberts and maybe upper management is scared that they might not be. And so I, I think, think that's rather... complete bullshit. I think Ken Rosenthal was talking out of his ass. I, it's it's well, about money. It's it's truly about money. That's it. It is about money, but I think it's both. I think they're no they're not going to pay him the over three hundred million. We just we know that this is not what the Dodgers do. But I also think I mean it's an e- it's excuse. an easy excuse. It's an easy excuse to hide behind if they choose to use that. But it's, excuse. it's bullshit though. I know. I don't believe. I don't believe it. Ninety something percent of fans would would be fine with signing him you know it's and they know that you know they're not completely oblivious to the online discussion you know these guys are on social media whether it's a burner or not uh they hear what fans are saying and and they would they're using ken rosenthal's talking out of his ass or he was told that by someone who's trying to to defer uh some other reason why they're not signing him right that's what that's what i was saying he's gonna be a giant or yankee anyways and I've been saying all offseason that the Dodgers do have to focus on adding to the outfield because they don't have the depth there at all. They did make a move, though. They signed Jason Hayward to a minor league contract. The 2016 World Series champion Jason Hayward is coming off a tremendous 204 season where he hit one home run. The Cubs are paying him roughly $20 million now to be a Dodger for this final season. This is definitely a low-risk middle kind of reward because i don't think this is going to be a high reward this is looking like another jake lamb kevin pilar type of move where he'll hang out in triple a for a little bit maybe he hits a bunch of home runs they call him up mid-season because they have the roster spot or an injury occurs uh but i'm not excited about the potential that this guy could bring on offense he just has not been a power hitter the last five or so years but defensively you're not losing anything with Cody Bellinger now being a Chicago Cub and Jason Hayward potentially being a Los Angeles Dodger. They cancel each other out because they're both tremendous outfielders defensively. And so I'll give credit where credit's due. That's my only take on Jason Hayward. I, I mean, I, I I think you you hit you hit the nail on the head. The one the one thing I would add, which you know, this is this is obviously wishful thinking, right? But Let's say he does make the roster. Let's say he does have an impact. Maybe he's, uh, you know, a, a pinch hitter replacement, defensive replacement, whatever. Like he comes off the bench. Um, you know, the Dodgers desperately needed someone like him in the dugout during the NLDS last this past season. They needed someone to rally the troops. And if you remember in game seven of the 2016 World Series during that rain delay that they had, he basically rallied the troops and said, we got to go out there and win this thing. And they ended up winning it. And I'm not saying that it, you know, that was everything, but 
the Dodgers desperately need someone in that clubhouse that is going to bring these guys together. And while Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts are amazing talents and would, you know, any team would love to have them on their squad, they are not that vocal leader type. And so I'm, you know, again, wishful thinking, because obviously he's got to make the club and, and, and be good enough to stick around. Um, But that, that kind of upside is what I, I like about this move and not so much, what production he would provide on the field. Yeah, I agree yeah, with that. I, I think it's a, a good flyer, I guess. Uh, I mean, it's tough to get excited about Shelby Miller and Jason Hayward right now. I think it's a body. It's a human being who's alive and has can play baseball in the outfield and can catch the ball in center field. But I want to talk about another outfielder who I need the Dodgers to sign. He missed last season. Michael Conforto coming off shoulder surgery. Yes, he's a Boris client. But here's the deal. He's not, I don't think he's going to get a multi-year deal coming off shoulder surgery. I think he can use the Dodgers as a launching pad to get paid. Give him one year, 15, 18 million. Let him sign a big deal once he crushes it for the Dodgers. Uh, let the Mariners pay him $150 million in 2024. This is what they need. A left-handed power bat who can play the outfield in his last healthy season, uh, excluding 2020, where in 2020 he had 322 with a 927 OPS. In 2019, 33 home runs, 92 RBIs with an 856 OPS. That was his last full season, if you don't count the 2020 as a full stat season. This is what they need, period. It's not going to cost a lot of money. It's not going to be a huge multi-year deal uh, unless Scott Boris is just completely on a sick one. Uh, I, I think this is what needs to happen. This is what the lineup is missing. You're, 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 you're losing Turner. You're losing Bellinger. You might be losing Justin Turner. They need some kind of outfielder. They do. Uh, right now it's, it's bets, trace Thompson, maybe Outman, uh, maybe Chris Taylor in there. They need something else. Uh, and it's the perfect, uh, signing. You can, you can sign him and still stay under the tax. This is what needs to happen. And I'm going to go on a daily campaign to tell the Dodgers they need to sign this guy. I'll give you a few reasons why that's just a bad idea and why they should not sign Michael Conforto. First of all, you hit it right away. He's coming off shoulder surgery. Do we not just go through this with Cody Bellinger? We don't even know what kind of player he is at this point. Second of all, he didn't play all of last season. Now we got a guy that's completely rusty like this. Third of all, if you want to pay him 15 to 18 million dollars, why didn't we just pay Cody Bellinger then? Because he's less of a question mark at this point than Michael Conforto. And fourth of all, he's a corner outfielder who's not going to play right field because that's Mookie Betts' spot. So now you got him, I guess, in left field, but we already have Chris Taylor, uh, Trace Thompson. We kind of need someone to play center field. Unless Both James of those Altman, guys can play center field. Unless James Outman's that guy, which I, I fully think he's fully capable of playing center field, but I still think we need to at least roster two good center fielders. I think, I think Outman can play center, obviously. Chris Taylor has a lot of experience playing center field. And Trace Thompson can play center field as well. I think it's a perfect signing. You can put him a DH when he's not playing in the field. It just makes too much sense. Yes, he's coming off shoulder surgery, but he it's the surgery is, is long, long in the past. Uh, he missed all of last season for a reason. A team didn't sign him uh, once he got healthy. Apparently, he's been healthy for a while now. It's worth the, it's worth the spin of the chamber. It really is. Low risk, high reward, one year deal. Launch pad him to get his $150 million in 2024 from Seattle. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go Conforto, wouldn't you just rather just get like a Kevin Kiermeyer or something Absolutely like that? Absolutely not. Oh, Michael yeah. Conforto can hit the shit out of the ball. He had 33 home runs th- two, three years ago. 92 yeah. RBIs. Kevin Kiermeyer can't do that. Yeah, but he can play center field. I'm not worried you know- about – we got plenty of center fielders. Chris Taylor can play center field just fine. Outman has proven himself defensively as well as offensively. And Trace Thompson has played center field as well. I'm not worried about that. I would I much rather offense. have. We need offense. Do we though? Yes. I think we, we are missing defense. one bat in the lineup. We are missing a bat in yeah. the lineup. Well, if we need defense, then wouldn't you be on board with Kiermaier, Kevin? Yep. Comma, Kevin? I, was, I was about to say it. Big fan of Kevin Kiermaier because he'll be, a, based off what David's numbers are, a third of the cost, far better defender People forget this guy balled out in the 2020 World Series. He does have some clutch in him. So I'm on board with Kevin Kiermaier being a depth piece. But I don't want a I, depth piece. I want a bat in the lineup. But that's Michael Conforto. Not at that price. And 
we'll get to the listener question in just a second and how I would actually go down this avenue. But other Dodger rumors, because there aren't many at this point, they're talking to Justin Turner. Apparently, they're talking to Andrew McCutcheon. They're talking to Seth Lugo, which I think is kind of important to note because I would actually be on board with signing Seth Lugo if it's like a one-year, eight or $9 million, $10 million contract. Because this guy kind of reminds me of what Tyler Anderson was a year ago. Just a solid arm that gets the job done. Kind of been a reliever for the Mets the last four, three, four years. But if he actually does have some flexibility to get some spot starts in there, I think the Dodgers with the prior lab could get could get the best out of this guy. He throws a good curveball, throws a slider, sinker ball pitcher. So if the Dodgers I'd actually love, I'd are, love I'd love to I'd love to pick up Lugo and also Alex Reyes. I think that that those two would be really solid additions, at least to the bullpen. I mean, I don't know what you can expect out of Seth Lugo having not really been a starter. Has he ever been? I don't know. Um, did he at one point start? Yeah, I can't he was, remember. He was. I think he had a Tommy John or something knocked him to the bullpen. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like those, I like those two moves and I, and I think that, I think that they would, that they would work. Um, but yeah, I mean that, I mean, that's why that, that's why I, that's why I want like a Carlos Correa or a Dansby Swanson or even a JD Martinez. I, 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 I would love to just get some pop in that lineup again. Um, I, I think that, you know, with Betson Freeman at the top, other than that, and maybe Will Smith, I mean, you know, hopefully Muncie can have some type of bounce back season and maybe with without the shift, he will uh, he will have a, a, a better time. Um, but there's not a lot of like thump in that lineup that you can really rely on this at this point. Michael Conforto can fix that. Maybe, or he's just going to be Steven Souza Jr., who also used to be a 30 home run hitter. <laughs> I'm willing to take that gamble. Jake Lamb, too, by the way. They need something. And he is something. <laughs> They're going to do something. There's no way that they're standing pat. Uh, we'll take a quick break right here to talk about TickPick. TickPick is an awesome sponsor of the Incline Dodgers podcast. What differentiates them from the rest of the other ticket sites out there is, first of all, there's no service fees on their tickets. So you see like that cheap ticket for the favorite concert, your favorite sporting team, musical, etc., NBA, NFL, NHL, uh, soccer. Go to TickPick. You'll see the price. That's what you're paying. There's no hidden fees. Second of all, they're offering our listeners a chance to save some money. $10 off your first purchase of $49 or more. Just go to the TickPick app and use the promo code INCLINE, all caps. That'll save you 10 bucks right there off your first purchase of $49. Uh, Baker Mayfield being awesome for the Rams. Jake covers the Rams. So maybe Jake's going to hype up TickPick to go see Baker Mayfield. Hey, it's exciting. I mean, the the Baker Mayfield led an an incredible comeback in the fourth quarter on their own two-yard line with no timeouts in less than two minutes. I mean, that was an incredible uh, performance that happened at SoFi Stadium. And let me tell you, Rams fans, they need to fill that stadium with Rams fans. So TickPick's a great way to start. Uh, we have our, our promotion, our, our incline and get a discount, which is great. Um, and, and enjoy some, some Rams football. It's going to be fun the rest of the way. I mean, either, if either, you know, either Rams or chargers, it's good. It's going to be fun now that the Rams have a, uh, a legitimate quarterback. All right. So I thought this was a good question coming from at Jake Baudet on Twitter. Who do you think is a realistic trade target candidate for the Dodgers? So I know you guys probably haven't thought about that much unless you do have something in mind, but I think there are some good avenues that the Dodgers could explore because the free agent market, kick us off, Kevin, the free agent market, you're only going to acquire mid tier veteran guys at this point, no more superstars. Um, I really think that the Dodgers need to call up the white Sox again. What happened last year with the Pollock for Kimbrel trade did not work out for either side. I need to see the Dodgers address a couple areas. First of all, the outfield. I'm not happy with what we have. So I think you start with Luis Robert or Elo Jimenez. You try to get one of those two. You're going to have to give up something of value. But on top of that, there's a rumor going around that Liam Hendricks could potentially be on the trade market. So I think you try to swing a deal for one of those two outfielders I just mentioned. 
and Liam Hendricks because I'm still not satisfied with this Dodger bullpen. I do not like the idea of Evan Phillips being our closer because I think the whole notion they're throwing out there that this is going to be a bullpen by the committee. Dave Roberts isn't smart enough to do a bullpen by committee. He gets scared and sticks to one guy and it's usually their best or most trusted reliever or his favorite guy. And it's probably Evan Phillips at this point. So bring in Liam Hendricks had a 281 ERA last season, 85 strikeouts over 57 and two thirds innings pitched multi-year all-star probably one of the best closers in the business. So that's my dream package right there. You get a reliever, you get an outfielder, and then you go into the uh, free agent pool, sign one or two flyers in the starting pitching market. Who would you give up for that package? So I think it, it kind of just boils down to do the Dodgers first sign Swanson. If they don't, then we're not touching the infield. We're going to probably have to move someone like Andy Pajes or, uh, some of the pitchers that we've been start, starting to stockpile like Landon Dak or Maddox Bruns, who I know was drafted in the first round by the Dodgers. We start there, move some prospects. Yeah, I, I like that deal. Um, my only trepidation is, you know, with, with Luis Robert and Elo Jimenez, they're both wildly injury prone. I mean, they cannot stay on the field to save their lives. So that worries me about that. But if you do get, if you do get Liam Hendricks, then, then I think that that sweetens the deal. I like it. I think an obvious trade candidate, although I think it's unlikely the Dodgers touch it is Brian Reynolds center fielder from the uh, pirates who requested a trade. Uh, They just recently signed him to a contract. I believe, I think it's a multi-year three or four year deal. Uh, The pirates, are notorious for asking a lot. Uh, And it's funny because they got absolutely nothing uh, for Garrett Cole. Uh, Chris Archer trade backfired. Um, I think that was that trade, right? They're different trades. That was the the Austin Meadows. That's right. That's right. The Archer was the Rays, I think. Yeah, it was Austin Meadows. And they gave up glass now. Okay. Yeah. So also terrible. So there, but for some reason with the Dodgers, they asked for basically everything. Uh, They wanted Dustin May, Gavin Lux and more for Felipe Vasquez. So I don't think this is likely, although it's a great fit play center field. There's your center fielder for the entire year. Um, I I don't think they're done looking at starting pitching. I think they're going to look at Pablo Lopez from the Marlins. Apparently there was a report that Shane Bieber might be available from the guardians. That no would, way. That really? would require a King's ransom. Uh, but it's Andrew Friedman and he's pulled off more impressive things than that. So I think those are two sleeper candidates that the Dodgers could target. I, I think, again, I think it's unlikely because I think they're committed to staying under the 233 million tax. And I think they're at 189 right now. And that's pending a, a, a potential Bauer removal of the suspension, which would add a significant amount. So I, I don't know. I don't I don't think anything is likely, but I think those are some guys that could be possible. I'll throw out a few names that we've kind of talked about a little bit. If they are available, like something like a, a Willie Adamas slash Corbin Burns type of package, although that also would be a King's ransom. But if you were able to swing a deal for at least a Willie Adamas, then you wouldn't have to necessarily overpay for a shortstop. You get your shortstop right there. Uh, obviously, to have a Corbin Burns or even Brandon Woodruff uh, would be amazing. But I think, you know, it depends on what the Brewers are, how they evaluate their team. I mean, they have one of the best rotations in baseball that is the cheapest rotation in baseball right now. All those guys are under friendly contracts. So, um, I don't know where they think they are in terms of the NL Central, and that kind of will determine whether or not they want to give up on a Willie Adamas or one of their frontline starters. But God, wouldn't that be amazing? You, you'd swing a deal for a starter and a shortstop, and like Kevin was saying, just kind of plug in the rest. All Those are all good suggestions right there. So real, just to recap kind of what's been going on with the Dodgers, Cody Bellinger went to the Cubs. Whatever. Knew he wasn't coming back. <laughs> it's like a, it's like Jock Peterson all over again. Yep. Yeah, basically. Once he hit the free agent market, you knew it was done. He the the 17 and a half million or 18 million, whatever it was. Like, good for you, Cody. You got what you wanted, and you get to be a starter on the Cubs. Tommy Kaling going back to the Yankees. Kind of surprised that the Dodgers weren't more aggressive on him, but again really didn't pitch for us much. Chris Martin going to the Boston Red Sox. That guy got paid big time. Again, 
you knew the Dodgers were going to offer him that type of salary. It was like eight and a half million for one. That kind of that that one kind of hurts though because he was so good. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, obviously Trey Turner went to the Phillies. We touched upon that. Can I can I just oh okay? I was just going to throw something out there. We kind of touched on a little bit, but like, is there any other team in the majors that? revives careers at the rate that the Dodgers do. I mean, it is absolutely insane what they have been able to do and not only revive careers, but get guys these asinine contracts that they may or may not deserve, but they get them and they're rewarded handsomely. I mean, is there any other team out there like that? I mean, obviously we don't, you know, follow very closely all 30 teams and we follow very closely the Dodgers, but I can't think of another team out there that, has has this type of track record it's unbelievable i think dodgers are without a doubt the best of this and i feel like we're getting abused by the rest of the league we're like that used car shop that's turning (laughs) and taking in scraps and then pumping out ferraris and all that um so i think dodgers are like the clear number one i think tampa bay rays do a pretty good job they'll bring in these random guys kind of get them revived like they did that with michael waka they were still able to get something out of rich hill Tyler Glasnow, obviously, he looked like a bust. They made him into something. Um, San Francisco, kind of, I guess. More, they they have a lot of failures, but they have hit on a few random guys. I mean, maybe even we'll see with Shelby Miller. He's the guy that they actually got something out of him. So maybe those three. But it it is remarkable the 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 clip that the Dodgers have have been at in in turning turning careers around it is especially insane yeah especially with relievers yeah michael conforto you're next (laughs) well (laughs) unfortunately i don't feel like the daughters do a great job with hitters well chris taylor max muncie yes that is true but albert pujols how about albert pujols albert pujols i think pujols was always just still pujols i think anaheim just sucks couldn't couldn't do anything with Gallo or Alberto though. Jesus, yeah, that's, yeah, that's for sure. Or no, or noisy or Rayleigh. Yeah, you can't you can't hit on all all of them. That actually brings me to another point that I want to get to real quick, and then we'll take a quick break. The Dodgers bench needs to be a lot better. It was bad in 2021, and then I took a lot of heat throughout 2022 saying that as bad as that bench was, it was still slightly better than the bench that we had in 2022 and for a second it looked like i was wrong but then you know you come to think about it literally the only good bench back and i'm not counting catchers because it was just austin barnes trace thompson and that was it joey gallo was unplayable hanser alberto was unplayable miguel vargas barely got to play in the playoffs they had nobody that they could bring off the bench chris taylor was technically back to go into the bench he was terrible the Dodgers need to find veterans that will come off the bench and actually do something in 2023. So if that's Gene Segura, Andrew McCutcheon, Kevin Kiermeyer, they need something because it's getting bad. And when a starter goes down and you have to rely on one of these bench guys, that's where the detriment to the team comes into play. I think, I think that's going to improve a lot this year. I think they're going to let these young guys have a shot. And I think for the better or for worse, uh, they're going to get their opportunities. I think Michael Bush is going to be a bench bat uh, on opening day, even. Uh, I think Vargas is going to be starting. I think Outman will make the opening day roster. So I think it'll be kind of a new wave and 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 improved from having a couple of holes on the bench, like Kevin just mentioned. But before we get to the bench, we need to figure out the, the starters first. How about that? Well, David, you actually started answering a question from one of our listeners at Jay Belshear on Twitter, which is who are the prospects you'd like to see the, the the Dodgers have on their roster on opening day? So is there anyone else that you would like to see the Dodgers include for opening day? Yeah, I think the obvious, I mean, Vargas is going to be there. I think Outman is a lock. I think Bush is on the border right now, but on the other side of the ball, I think Bobby Miller, I, I, I think if he has a strong spring training, he can slide into that fifth rotation spot. I, I really think he's got a legitimate chance to crack the opening day rotation. Uh, I think he'll be competing with Pepio. Uh, I think Gavin Stone is is kind of the next 
next in line after those two, just because of the other two's experience uh, and age. But I think Bobby Miller, I, I really think that's the guy who has the the most, uh, the highest chance to make the roster after uh, Vargas, Outman, uh, and Bush. I actually, I think... mean, you gotta you gotta think about it. I mean, you got Arias, Kershaw, uh, Gonsolin, and what? May. And May, and that's it, right? I mean, there's nothing else right there. There's so there's not. there's a spot there. Uh, I think they will sign somebody, but I think there's a legitimate opening there. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Bobby Miller's not on the 40 man yet. I think Gavin, Gavin still is actually equal with Bobby Miller in terms of where they're at in their careers. So that could go either way, but I think people are sleeping on how good Ryan Pepio is going to be. He got a taste of the majors last season. And that's all you could ask for from a guy, a rookie. Like once you get to the major league level, you get that experience in you. The next step is you get that spring training with all the vets and you get a chance to make the opening day roster. And it's going to be easy for a guy like Pepe, who's got that major league experience now proved he can go toe to toe with some of the best. He beat Sandy Alcantara one-on-one. I mean, obviously he had the Dodgers offense behind him, but he proved he can beat major league pitching. So I actually think Ryan Pepe, and we'll get more into this as we get closer to the season. I think he's a great breakout candidate. I think he could have, kind of the career progression like Tony Gonsolin had, where he's just a guy that gets the job done, has a low ERA, start after start. And so I'm very high on Pepio. I think 2023 is going to be a good year for him. Um, in terms of any other prospects, I don't know if you had anyone, Jake. I think we covered them all. Yeah, I mean, I, I really would like oh, to see... Oh, there actually is one. Oh, go he ahead. won't make opening day, though. So I guess it's irrelevant. I think Diego Cartaya, this spring training is going to be huge for him. And I do think if he lights it up in double A, they'll obviously bump him up to triple A right away. And he could be a September call-up. Obviously, that doesn't answer the question. But Diego Cartaya is a legitimate September late call-up for the Dodgers. I would love to see what uh, Michael Bush does. I, I would love to see him on the opening day roster. Obviously, that depends on how his spring training is. So I hope that he catches fire right away and kind of wins that roster spot because that would be amazing to see what he's capable of. Um, I know that the Dodgers are also going to trot out there uh, Michael Grove, um, who who knows who knows what his what his potential is but his stuff is nice like he he has decent stuff um so i'm excited to see grove miller knack uh pepio all of those guys battle it out for the rotation that's going to be cool <laughs> um what dude had like a five and a half era double a last season i mean michael grove wasn't great either so i'm just saying that you know these guys are these guys are young and uh, I'd like to see I'd like to see what we got uh, rotation wise. But Jesus Christ, we need a starting pitcher. They do. And I, Steve, I think Grove is going to fill in that that Mitch White hole. I think that's going to be his. role. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what he did last year anyway. Yeah. I think he's getting traded any week now. Also, a, also a not to put a dark cloud on it. Yeah. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Earlier, we answered your question, Steve M. Thanks for listening. Is Dansby Swanson a fit? Two of the three of us agree that he would be a great fit. It just kind of depends on the money for me. But if they're giving him $20 million a year for five years, I can live with that. If they want to give him $30 million a year for three years, I would do that too. And give him an opt-out option, kind of like what the Twins did with Correa. Either of those fly with me. Other questions. Zimzi with a long one. When will the media... When will the media types start? Ah, let me do that over. When will the media types stop acting like this franchise will sign a big free agent to a long contract every off season? Never. I mean, it's not just the the media types. I mean, the fans the fans certainly expect that too. Um, and that's certainly what the plan is. Uh, 
by all accounts for next season, they're going to go after the biggest fish out there, which is Shohei Otani. And they're going to pony up a ridiculous contract for him. Now, granted, you know, anything can happen this season and I'm hoping that he, that he stays healthy, but I, I think, I think that that is, is going, that is going to be the move and Holy hell, that would, that would be, that would be unreal. I mean, he, he, he would, he's going to be playing for a contender finally, and hopefully he'll be happy with that. Yeah. Shohei Otani was someone that I talked to Jose Moda about when he was on the podcast earlier this season. And I was one of the first to say that's going to be the Dodgers target. And it looks like it's becoming a thing. Um, Where was I going to go? Yeah. I mean, the Dodgers did contact big free agents. Apparently they offered Aaron judge 214 million if we want to believe it or not, but that's what they said. They did that didn't even come close to what the Padres offered Aaron judge, which was apparently 400 million, double that, (laughs) double that turned it down slightly less to go back to the New York Yankees, because that apparently that's where his father and Aaron judge himself wanted to go. So he got the money, Carlos Correa thing, throw that out the window, the Justin Verlander, you know, the Dodgers apparently they ha- they actually did have a Zoom meeting with him. And then once Jacob deGrom signed with the Texas Rangers and now he's teaming up with former Dodger Andrew Heaney, I think the Mets panicked and they offered Justin Verlander exactly the contract he was looking for. Yep. So nothing we can do there. Um, and I feel I, like we've covered all the free agents. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of fans are just kind of uneasy because they're seeing teams like the Mets and the Padres just fly by the luxury tax i mean steve cohen is is headed for a 400 million dollar payroll at this point uh (laughs) i mean he's not and they they instituted a a higher uh penalty level just for steve cohen and he's basically just giving him a giant middle finger and say okay i'll pay the 100 million the extra 100 million i don't care so i think dodger fans are, are kind of uneasy about that and and asking well why aren't we doing that you know why aren't we doing that uh and that's just not not a long-term strategy that I would necessarily love. I mean, I think there's a time and a place to spend. Uh, and I think Andrew Friedman knows that. Here's the and thing think, about, go ahead, oh, go ahead. Finish your thought. I was just, I'm just going to finish by saying, I think next year uh, when Otani is on the market, I think they're going to make him a giant offer. I think that that is the plan. Uh, I think they're going to have bets and Freeman and a lot of these young prospects will have this year to develop. And, and I think, Otani is is the end goal for this Dodgers front office. The, the let me offer this perspective. So the the large the large contracts, you know, are are the big the big the big deal right now. Everyone's getting a huge contract. Everyone's getting they're overpaying for literally everyone. Brandon Nemo, eight years, one sixty two. That insane for yeah. for what what he's capable of doing. Anyway, the point is is that. A lot of what happens with these long contracts is that you get stuck in them if if the player doesn't pan out. So you're given Aaron Judge at 30 a nine year contract. Well, remember what remember when the Angels gave Albert Pujols a 10 year contract at age 30, 31? They were stuck with that contract forever, and his production was just not nowhere near the level that he that he had with St. Louis. And so the Dodgers, I think, are being really smart about this, and they don't want a situation where they have so much money allocated to a very few amount of players that that aren't aging well. And they're stuck because they they can't do anything else and they can't keep this train moving. And I think what they're trying to do now is kind of hit that reset button so that they can keep the success going. And the Dodgers will be successful next season. They may not win the division as it currently is constructed, but we got to see what the how the Padres pan out. We got to see it. I mean, I always say that about the Padres. Just see what they do on the field before we make a prediction that they're going to run away with this division. Same thing with the Giants. Same thing with the Diamondbacks. The Rockies will be in last place, of, of course. But what they don't want to do is end up like, like the Angels, like I was saying. But So they have their big contract with Freddie Freeman. They have their big contract with Mookie Betts. And they're going to hopefully get that big contract with Shohei Otani. So those are your three guys that are going to be on the team long-term. And there's one more less than a year from now. The Dodgers have a big decision to make with Julio Urias. This guy is going to be a $30 million a year pitcher, probably going to command seven years, whatever Carlos Rodon is going to command 
add another probably two to three million a year for Julio Urias. And that's going to be maybe the biggest Dodgers decision when it comes to a starting pitcher ever in the franchise's history in terms of money. You know, what's interesting yeah. is the fact that, that, that this Walker Bueller injury is kind of, it, it kind of is a weird factor because with him injured and not really knowing like when he'll come back, what it'll be like when he comes back, that's going to lessen his market. So you would, you know, normally have to make that decision. Like we're going to play, you know, pay Julio. We're going to play Walker. You know, what, what are we, what are we going to do? And you might be able to keep both if Walker can come back and be, you know, himself again. Yep. But it would just be at a lesser price. Yeah, next year I can I can guarantee you the Dodgers are going to fly by the luxury tax. That I can promise you. The biggest loser of the offseason is not <laughs> the Dodgers. It is actually an MLB John reporter. Heyman. Yep, it's John Heyman. <laughs> Three strikes and you're out, bro. Oh my god! Arson Judge is going to the Giants. <laughs> Completely. Broke the internet and then had to. <laughs> then he deleted that tweet. Wrote Aaron Judge is going to the Giants. Then he had to delete that tweet and he was wrong. He probably lied so that the Yankees would up their offer to Aaron Judge. But regardless, if you're in the media, you need to tell the truth, as Will <laughs> Smith would say, tell the truth. Uh, second all, second of all, premature report of Xander Bogarts going back to the Red Sox. That had a lot of people thinking that Xander was going to return home. But then it comes out that the the Red Sox were like a hundred million off from what the Padres were willing to pay Xander Bogarts. And then the final strike is saying that Coke Hamels is trying okay. to pitch <laughs> yeah. in 2023. The only Coke I can remember <laughs> in baseball is Phil Coke. And this is not the same guy at all. This is Cole Hamels <laughs> who yeah. got a million dollars or whatever from the Dodgers to not throw a single pitch from them. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I wish that uh, I wish that Heyman had left up the arson judge tweet, like because if you remember, remember when Bob Nightingale uh, tweeted that Trevor Bauer was going to the Mets. Yes, that tweet still is up there. That was more. That was more of a uh, finality than than Heyman. Yes, Bob Nightingale was like Bauer Mets deal done. (laughs) Fucking send. Heyman was like (laughs) arson. Heyman was like Arson Judge looking like Giants. Pretty much, pretty sure Arson yeah. Judge going to the Giants. Yeah. Nightingale was like Bauer, Matt's done. And you know, and you know who also kind of slipped up but kind of went under the radar because Heyman's tweet was so bad is Susan Slusser. She oh, I'm also, blocked by her. I didn't see what she happened. All, well, she also said that Aaron Judge was going to the Giants or some something along those lines. It was sort of sort of like the the growing uh, you know suspicion here, or what what we're hearing is that it is it is going to happen. Um, but Jesus, man, I mean, I think that all of these guys can take a page out of Jeff Passan's book because that guy doesn't ever really tweet about rumors. I don't think he ever does, but when he tweets something, it's pretty much fact. And he waits until he gets all his ducks in a row. And yeah, he writes a, a long paragraph that's not needed and gives all this dramatic, bro. Unneeded. So I can't, and he also stands on a box for his TV hits. Like, what the hell is that, man? Yeah, hey. short king, short king stuff. That's what Tom Cruise does. It, it uh, is. It is what he does. Yeah, Tom Cruise is all time weirdo, though. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Heyman, boy, like that, and 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 I don't know if you saw the clip of him kind of draying around at the at the winter meetings, but he looked like he got punched in the gut. I mean, man, I I don't know how I don't know how you recover from that. I mean, I don't know. He he kind of is like John Heyman is kind of like that that reporter that you you, you always kind of joke about, right? I mean, even before Arson Judge, it was like <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Even before Arson Judge, it was like, oh, Heyman, you know, we know that Heyman's in bed with Scott Boris and everything that oh, he tweets out is... the biggest mouthpiece ever. Yeah. Um, so, like, he's always, he's already kind of a joke, but this really made, really put him on the map. I mean, him and, and Bob Nightingale, and and I think that, uh, that Ken Rosenthal, as respected as he is, that, you know, Scherzer to the Padres thing during the... Uh, the trade deadline that's kind of stuck with him too. So boy, you, you really, when you take a big swing like that, you better, you better make contact. 
It's like the Holy Trinity, dude. The Scherzer to the Padres from Ken, Bauer, Mets, Dunn from Bob, and now Arson Judge. It's just Arson. the Holy Trinity of, of baseball reporters. God, I love it. Yeah, I think Jeff Passan was hacked on this day, and then he was the first to break that Freddie Freeman was going to the Dodgers. So. Well, that's actually not true. I was the first to break Freddie Freeman to the Dodgers, and I got no credit for it. Yeah. Um. No comment there. Because... That li- that's literally what happened. I he said I he was going source. to the Blue Jays. No, no. Yeah. Carlos Baerga said he was going to the Blue Jays. No, I said he was going to the Dodgers. You said he was going to every team during. This I did like... not. I, I yes, literally tweeted it out. I literally tweeted it out. And then like two weeks went by and you're like, oh, he's going to the Blue Jays because his dad's Canadian. Then you're like, oh, he's going that, to the dude, Red Sox. I never said that ever. He, you said that leading up to when you put that out. And then and then you were like, I'm. I'm I'm riding with this this source that I have, which is a pretty funny source. It's a it was a real source, and I was right. No, I know it's a real source. So, yeah, I broke that story. <laughs> yes, you broke that story, even though he spoke to the Tampa Bay Rays, Boston Red Sox, and Toronto Blue Jays. I didn't say that. it was. I didn't say it was officially done. I just said what? it's inevitable and it's happening. And Freddie Freeman is a Dodger, and I got no credit. And I told I tagged John Heyman. I'm like, dude, say. Real D Rose first, and he just ignored me. And now look where he is. <laughs> Charged with arson. Yeah, the laughing stock of the baseball reporter world. You guys have any final thoughts before I close out the show? I mean, it's kind I- of a weird offseason for the Dodgers because we're kind of acting like we're the Oakland A's financially. I mean, we've signed Shelby Miller and signed Jason Hayward to a minor league contract. That's and Kershaw. Yeah, but that's a, that's I I don't count that because that's a, that's a given. Um, so it's it's weird as a Dodger fan to like kind of just be like acting like we're the Oakland A's or the Cincinnati Reds, and I think the fans are uneasy about it. But I, I see the long the long game plan, uh, Arias Otani next year, and I'm okay with it. I, I like trusting the young guys. Uh, you got to give them. You can't. What's the point of having a good farm system if you're not going to just give them the give them the keys at some point? But we need to sign Michael fucking Conforto. That's that's my final thought. Get Michael Conforto on this team. Get him. Whatever it takes, get him. Need him. I'm going to go out on a limb here, which is not really that that much of a limb, but the players that you're looking at on the roster right now, that is not what it's going to look like come opening day. They're going to fill out the rest of this roster with with something uh with a few different players because they 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 cannot go to opening day with this roster there's too many too many holes too many question marks so they they're going to fill the rest of this roster out and it may not be splashy or flashy but as we've seen with you know the postseason's a crapshoot right so you can get to the postseason with an 89-90 win team and then all all bets are off you saw what the Phillies did. You saw what the Nats did in 2019. I mean, the this the the postseason, as we've seen, it doesn't matter what what you are in the regular season. So I know that the Dodgers will be ready for opening day, and they'll reevaluate at the trade deadline and make the moves necessary to make that final playoff push, and then they will be in the postseason. Where's Derek Lowe when you need him? That guy did nothing but eat innings for the Dodgers. Can't we just clone him and sign that guy to a? I loved. I was. Billingsley? I was a huge Derek Lowe fan. I loved Derek. That Lowe. guy was so durable. Gave you two hundred innings every season, three and a half ERA, six to seven innings every start. Loki loved that. that. Ro- I love that rotation with Derek Lowe and Brad Penny. <laughs> need Chad Billingsley back. That guy was a horse. Tree trunk legs. Yeah, that guy was a horse for redwood trees. Two years, and then he had to go down like sea biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> you what are your final thoughts, Kevin? Those were basically my final thoughts. But the other, the other thing, vote people. The Incline Awards is happening, second annual year. I put a lot of work into this. I will have the link below. Make sure to vote. There's all kind of categories. Host most wrong take. Host most right take. Biggest blooper, team MVP, Cy Young, uh, gargantuan nutsack of the year, Alex Vesia trying to hey, hold on, hold on. It's actually called the Dennis Santana Memorial Gargantuan Nutsack of the Memorial. Year. Let's be clear about yes. what the award is called. That's right. 
And I think Evan Phillips is currently in the lead. So if you want your boy Vessia to be back-to-back champs, you got to vote for him. Uh, Mitch White's leading a category right now as we speak. Hell yeah. So a lot of fun out there. Voting deadline is probably in two weeks. We'll have that out around Christmas, New Year's time. So vote in the survey below. Um, that is it for this week's episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. Make sure to su- make sure to subscribe wherever you listen. Give us a five-star rating on the Apple podcast machine and follow us on Twitter. And until the Dodgers do something, have a nice little break. Have a good weekend. Go Dodgers. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.